0: How's it going everyone? My name is Carlo, I'm back at it again with Smash Cast. I got a very special guest with me today, Max Roshkov. Max, is that what you say? She said that's Czech, right? Yeah, Czechoslovakian. Nice, nice. I, I couldn't pronounce his name. I was like, man, how do you, do, how do you pronounce your name? It was funny. Anyways, uh, he's a D1 wrestler. Um, he actually was uh, ranked top four in the nation in his last two years of college. Uh, he is now focusing um, a pro MMA career um, and competing in jiu-jitsu. Max, I was reading your backstory, man. It's a pretty cool story. Uh, do you want to tell the audience um, what's up with that, Like where you came from and where you're at now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, it gives me goosebumps even just like start thinking about it. And I pulled that, uh, that story was written up, uh, right before, uh, it was like a couple months right before I left college. Actually, it was going into my last year and that story came out. Uh, yeah, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. So I grew up in a really small farm town in Kilbuck called Kilbuck, Ohio. Uh, towns like, I think I'd have to look again. Last time I checked, it was probably like under a thousand people. It was probably grown a little bit. It's probably like 1200 people maybe. Wow. And I lived, uh, out both the places I lived with my mom and my dad, both, uh, were about a mile, mile and a half outside of town, both, uh, my mom in a trailer in a cornfield and my dad owned a farm outside of town. And, uh, so like the first four or five years of my life when my parents were together, we lived at the farm and, uh, doing pretty well, uh, ended up my, my dad was a, an alcoholic, very, very bad alcoholic, pretty much like I haven't seen very many people that are as quite as bad as far as uh without like actually straight up like killing someone Mm. pretty much like he's pretty very violent uh so that's pretty much my mom uh my mom had ended up getting divorced i was a little too young to like understand what was going on sometimes is uh one one story when uh so like when they decided to finally get divorced i remember being like three or four like remembering that they were uh fighting and stuff and then my dad would just like be very very Mean he he beat the shit out of like my mom and my brothers and stuff and then uh pretty much the, the last day it happened I think uh I don't even know what they got in a fight over but my mom my dad sent us up to the up sent us upstairs and then it was just like holding my mom hostage downstairs pretty much like gunpoint and everything. I'm like five years old holy shit and uh we had like so back then we still there's no cell phones you had your tv came from like uh the tower that Mm -hmm. came outside your so like uh I when I was five years old I jumped and climbed down that tower snuck out of the house and ran and got got help ran like a mile down the road wow and someone saw me running on the side of the road picked me up and we went and got the cops and stuff and that was pretty much the end like that was when my parents finally got divorced should have been ha- should have happened a long time ago. I actually, I don't think my mom should have got with him in the first place and I shouldn't even Man. be here right now. <laughs> like that bad. Yeah, that bad. Uh, but that happened and then we were uh, in and out We were staying with my grandparents a little bit when we met my mom. and then uh, my dad was actually until I was like twelve or thirteen, I don't actually remember like my dad and my mom fought over custody for like years. and it's like looking back, I don't even understand how my dad was even in the fight. Cause he was just like straight, like piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, growing up, like only seeing like that and then being in a small town. Um, I just assumed until I was like probably 10 that like everyone's parents were like that. Like everyone's mm-hmm. life was like that. And it's like, that's, I had to get around and like have friends and like, see what everything else was like. But like, so I just, I grew up, angry. Like mm-hmm. I was just I acted like my dad when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like my first couple of words were like daddy's tractor and fuck off. Like mm-hmm. those were my first words. Like I didn't know anything else mm-hmm. other than being so I was always in violent uh like in third I I like barely missed like I was like missed the whole third grade cuz like they couldn't like keep me under control in class. I was like that kind of bad of wow. a kid. Uh so like I don't know how to read or write cursive or stuff cuz that's the year you learn it. I always tell everyone's like, uh, we'll see my signature, but you don't know how to write curse. Like, nope, I missed that grade. I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> but they just let me it, Being in a small town. They just let me go. Like they didn't it re- really didn't care. If mm-hmm. I was like in a, a city school, man, I probably would have ended up like in the like adoption agency, like, or ended up going like some kind of juvie or something like that. I would have been like probably m- messed up. So I was lucky I was in that small community where like, they kind of let things like that slide a little bit
0: and and how many siblings do you have
1: i have a half sister okay my from my my dad's my dad's from his previous marriage and then uh two younger brothers
0: okay okay yeah because i was reading that you you have a younger brother now that's that's going that's like following your successful footsteps but i'll let you continue
1: yeah so uh i i grew up uh a small town freaking uh yeah, it just it took me a long time to like act, I sometimes I, st- I feel like I still have to like deal with like if I if I get angry or something like I, it's a lot better now like if like you've known me for the past couple of months and you would never have guessed that mm-hmm. like I a lot of people look at me like I'm just like a privileged pretty looking white kid, you mm-hmm. know. It's like but grew up kind of in that struggle environment and uh honestly wouldn't have it any other way cuz I wouldn't be the person I am today without without my dad and everything like that. So I'm grateful. Uh, i trying to think another, uh another story. It's just like uh, – but eventually I, f- I ended up finding wrestling. I got in trouble, and I think I was a seventh grader. I got in trouble for, like, fighting or something like that, and then uh, the principal at the time was the wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. And he he was like, hey, we got to do something to keep you out of trouble. Uh, why don't you come out for the wrestling team? So I was like, all right, cool, I'll try. I've done every other sport. I played football, basketball, baseball all that stuff. I really didn't like it. And I wasn't really that good at anything. Like I was, I I knew I like tried really hard, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like a naturally athletic kid. So uh, once I started, I went out for wrestling in the first couple of years. Like I remember we had like eight or nine kids that were my grade, that were my age. Mm-hmm. And I was like by far the worst of them. <laughs> but then when it came time, like when it's time for high school and I start working harder than everyone else, uh, everyone else ended up like quitting. Either started like just boozing up and smoking pot when we were freshmen sophomores and then they ended up just stopping uh stopping wrestling altogether wow and i was the only one that kind of kept going kept going yeah so
0: you started wrestling how old or what grade seventh grade grade. seventh grade i didn't even know they had wrestling in seventh grade
1: that's they start late that's late everyone else and where i'm from in ohio you start when you're like four or five
0: really yeah Yeah. wow so that's why they're so that's why it's so hardcore
1: out there Yeah, yeah it's it's uh yeah, here I'm trying to build like uh, a little wrestling team out here, and right. I'm realizing like just the level is not the same. Mm-mm. And I try to like explain it to people like when I was even when I was in North Carolina at NC State, like uh, a North Carolina uh, state champ would have a hard time even making it to the state tournament. in Ohio, like that's on average not. Mm-hmm. There's some outliers like real good kids that come out of different states, but like Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, man, those states are. California's good too like it's just a different level than nevada or like some it's crazy yeah so uh, wrestling wrestling's uh hardcore out there man it's a it's a big deal so uh and there's a lot of opportunities out there and a lot of like high level wrestling coaches like guys who are former division one wrestlers who just like decide they want to go and teach high school and then out are the coach fantastic yeah so it
0: was kind of like a perfect storm for you yeah, yeah. wow so uh so seventh grade started wrestling um and then what? When did you just like decide? You're like, oh man, like I, I think I kind of like this. I'm getting kind of good.
1: Yeah, uh, it was probably like the first year or two. It was more so I just wanted to do it because it was getting me like uh, it was giving me like an outlet. It was giving me an outlet. And then like the more I was around the the coaches and stuff, the coaches would always talk to us after practice. They'd say like, hey, like this sport's all about what you put in. If you work harder than everybody else, you're going to have more success. And then, so I was kind of comparing it to like the other sports Whereas like football, I'm working my freaking ass off. I am out running everyone, um, doing everything the coaches asked me and I'm still not like getting any playing time or I'm not very good mm-hmm. or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm working hard, but I'm still not getting any like results. So. I started working hard, really hard, in wrestling. I was showing up every day. Uh, sometimes I'd have to drive like uh, an hour, hour and a half one way to go to practice, and because we're from it's the middle of nowhere, so, so you got to drive. Wow. Normally, um, I started uh, started running a lot. I started lifting like kettlebells. My uh, uncle was uh, uh, he trained like people in kettlebells, and he was like very. Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember that Russian guy that brought kettlebells over, uh, Pavlov. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, he studied him a lot. So, uh, I don't think it's Pavlov, but I, I have no idea. This, yeah, is, this yeah, is a yeah, Nick yeah. question. I have, I have yeah, a this horrible is, Nick, Nick would know. Nick would know Nick. as soon as I uh, brought it up. But he's like the Russian guy who's like known for bringing kettlebells to the United States. He's uh, my uncle studied him a lot. So he had always trained me in kettlebells. Uh, that was really the only strength and conditioning I was doing. I was running a lot too. This is like, uh, a separate topic but running is like a, i think is a huge mistake for uh any kind of combat sport athlete in general okay boxing's a little boxing kickboxing a little bit different but in like a, in a grappling sense running i don't think is terrible it's terrible for you but i didn't why? know any better why 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 is that
0: because 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 i mean like you, you look at wrestling schools and like wrestling and like college wrestling or whatever yeah. even high school wrestling and yeah. they run them to the ground so we like do, why
1: we do sprints so normally we do sprints. Like we all, I, I can honestly say we didn't do that much running uh, when I was at NC state. We ran like for every once in a while, we'd go run a light three or four miles, three or four miles is about as all you, all you should do. Um, sprinting de- develops athleticism 100%. So like after practice, we're doing sprints at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, after lifts, we're doing sprints before lifts, whatever we're doing. Sprints, sprints, builds athleticism and strength. Mm-hmm anything past three miles, man, I think it just literally just makes you weaker. Mm. It's not, and you could spend that time. It takes you 30 minutes to run three, four miles, five miles. Doesn't matter. Uh, I could spend that time drilling my technique at that pace. Why would I go run when I'm not even getting better at my sport? And I, I can do the exact same thing, get the same exact, like I get that heart rate up for like your low base cardio. Mm. You can do that drilling. Mm-hmm. So why would you do that running? That doesn't and I, physiologically, it makes you weaker. Like you, you don't see any jacked, strong marathon runners. Yeah, you're right. But when I was when I was in high school, I didn't know any better, so I was just always like after pra- after two hour practice, and I, I kid you not, I would go out and run ten miles. What after two hour? Pra- I was I was crazy, man. Ten was, miles. It wasn't even good for you. It's not <laughs> even good for you. I swear, my me and my buddy Brody, he's my cousin too. My, my one of my best friends in high school, uh, still one of my best friends. Just don't get to see him very much brody sheer we used to go we used to wrestle his dad would come open up the wrestling room for us at riverview then we would go and wrestle we would drill for like 30 40 minutes and we would go live when we went live it was like an i quit match like you don't we're not going until like one of us is done like we would just stay in there for two two and a half hours and then we'd like go and like We'd lift, I would say, I said, we like at the time we said we'd lift weights, but like, we didn't know any better. So we were just like benching and like little stuff for like probably 20 minutes. And then we'd go run. We'd run like eight, nine, 10 miles. Oh my God. And it's like that training like that isn't, you can, you know, that, that's not going to make you better. That's literally just going to break your body down. And it made me tough as hell, but nah, it didn't make me any better. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I used to do stuff like that just because of the coaches always said like you work harder, you work harder, work mm-hmm. harder okay, so if everyone else is doing a wrestling practice, and then they're done, I'm gonna go run 10 miles, I'm freaking working harder than them, and the end story, so that was the kind of, like, the mindset behind it, not necessarily this, I didn't have anyone else really around me to, uh, I didn't have this, like, Olympic level coaches, or anyone, like, to tell me, like, hey, you should probably shouldn't be doing that, I was just kind of, weighing it mm-hmm. it probably just helped you mentally you know be like oh i'm, I'm i am working harder i am yeah. working harder yeah yeah mm-hmm. at, at a certain point though it working harder doesn't always do that and that's like the biggest i, I remember uh i I've, I've grown so much the last three four years Is i used to be so hardcore again like work harder than everyone else uh and that's just that's the end of the story if you work harder you're going to be better and then I, I was around guys in college who they didn't work hard at all they, they were, were good. still freaking beasts. When, it's, when it came time to a seven-minute wrestling match or a tournament, man, they were good. And so I started. I stopped and I started looking at those guys. And it's just like, what are they doing? Uh, I don't even think they knew what they were doing, to be honest. But I think uh, at the end of the day, man, it's more so about being like uh, kind of being just like a cowboy and going out there and doing it. Obviously, it helps when you're working hard. But at the end of the day, man, there's some guys who are talented. And maybe they're not even talented. They just go out there and take it. They're not. They're not. They don't work hard. They maybe not be that much talented. But at the end of the day, they just show up, and they get what you you get what you earn. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily earn stuff by just working hard. You got to go out and take it. And on the on the flip side of that, I remember we had guys on our team who worked extremely hard, and they weren't very good. So it's like there's it's a. So what is that
0: like? A what like if you can put it on? If you put a finger on it, like what is that like?
1: I always, uh, I i talked about my, uh, I talk about this with my uh, kids that I wrestle with on the weekends with our little club and uh, everyone always says like sports are 90% mental. They just make up that percentage of them. Sports are 90% mental. Coaches say sports are 90% mental, but like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Like they say that, but they don't even understand what that is. I think that's like understanding that it's understanding a couple of things, it's understanding how you need to, like what mental state do you need to be in to compete? You need mm-hmm. to be relaxed. You need to be jacked up. You need to be calm or whatever. It's understanding that it's also understanding that just because you worked hard doesn't mean you're entitled to anything. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's the biggest thing. I think that's what uh, I made like the switch from, cause when my freshman year in college, I wasn't very good. And I just decided I was like, Hey, like, just cause I work hard doesn't mean I think I, I thought that, I was entitled to winning because I worked harder than everyone else. I 100% know I worked harder than everyone else. The only people who can work harder than that are taking steroids, like 100%. Like, you can only, your body can only do so much. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, so what needs to happen? It's like, I got to stop being entitled to winning just because I'm working harder than people. Nice. And it's like, I was seeing guys who were going out and partying and doing all this stupid stuff and not training that hard, but they're still training hard. Like, they were doing, their one hour was super intense because they were fresh and like not, not necessarily fresh, but they were like mentally they were refreshed cause they've been going out and doing just whatever they want to do. Like they're living their life. So they're happy mm-hmm. that does it. And then, so their one hour is more intense than most people's two hours. So it's like, I think the, the biggest thing is for the, the mental side of it is being able to recognize what you need to do personally yeah personally it's not it's not a one size fits all thing
0: okay, makes sense makes sense, yeah I mean it's it's kinda it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that too, you know it's like, well, what do I need to do you know it's yeah. like but it's like you really have to like kind of like dig deep and be like, man, all right, I kind of suck at this, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of good at this, and mm-hmm. how can I maximize my output. right? Yeah.
1: And everyone's different, man. Cause like, if you're a natural athlete, a non-natural athlete, um, it's like, uh, you, you know, like Clay and like who like right now, they need to be working on like their athleticism cause they're skilled, man. Mm-hmm. But like most people don't have anyone around them to explain that. Mm-hmm. Like a good coach is always going to say, Oh, technique, uh, trumps everything, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not true. You gotta have the power. You gotta have the speed. You gotta train that too. Uh, everyone's different. You got to be able to, uh, identify what you need to win mm-hmm. and mean, everyone's and, different. And getting a coach too. I mean, that's a good point too. I mean, because like sometimes
0: it's hard to look within and, but it's, it's, um, but it's also hard to also get advice from somebody, you know, cause there's that ego, but mm-hmm. I think, I think everyone should have a, a legit coach or someone looking over them and mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you're not doing this right. Or, Hey, mm-hmm. you need
1: to work on this and mm-hmm. Hey, you kind of suck at this. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, that's that's important, too. Yeah. The coaches are normally like they're going to tell you whatever uh, it took for them to get to where they're at. They're not going to look and say, oh, I. um, Like for me, if I was ever work, like I wasn't a natural athlete, but if I'm and I had to lift and do a lot of sprints and like work on my athleticism and now people say I look like a natural athlete, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that's the path that I took. So naturally at me as a coach or me mentoring someone, I should say, Oh, you just got to work hard. You just got to lift weights all the time. But I'm not going to tell that to someone who's just gifted naturally Mm -hmm. and they need to be working more technique or they need to be doing other mental training or something like that. Like everyone's different. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of coaches have like, like an ego. It's always, I think it's more so like the technical coaches Mm -hmm. who are just like freak athletes and their, their technique is like they, they just focused on their, just their technique. That's all they did and then uh they're like oh te- it's the only only thing that matters is technique it's like bro you're just naturally strong though like what do you mean mm-hmm. like it's not just that mm-hmm. so uh yeah the coaches normally have a lot of ego when it comes to that like they don't want to mm-hmm. admit that um there's so many different factors it's not just the way they did it interesting this uh,
0: so that has to be and so and then it's coaches thing too that they need to be open-minded so everybody just needs to be a little bit open-minded about everything right yes exactly okay okay so going back to your story man um how did you end up wanting to go further into wrestling like going into college like how did that how did that uh, pursue Uh, that's kind of a cool story too that i was right
1: yeah yeah uh i just i really just wanted to get like i've I've always like known like kind of inside me that like i wanted to do something more than because like where i'm from it's like and there's nothing wrong with this. Like I, I kind of envy some of my friends and uh, people who back home, but like I didn't want to just stay at home and work construction for the rest of my life. Cause I was probably I was probably gonna be, uh, I was probably gonna lay brick and build houses and stuff if mm-hmm. I was still back home in Ohio. Um, I, I just didn't want to do that. Uh, growing up, my dad kind of made me do that because that's what he did, and I hated it. I was like, I want to get, I gotta get good at something because like I want to leave. And then uh, once I started getting kind of good, like my freshman and sophomore year, uh, I just decided I, I wanted to go wrestle in college. I wanted to leave. I was going to go somewhere. I wasn't going to go to like Ohio State or somewhere that was close. I wanted to go far, at least semi-far. So I was like mm-hmm. 10 hours away, but I, I just I, I just always knew that I wanted something more, and I loved wrestling so much that I wanted to go. I wanted to see how far I could take it. I didn't necessarily know how far I was going to be able to take it, but I knew I wasn't going to like settle to go to like a small school and not reach my full potential. I was fine if I was at the end of the day if I would have went to NC State and I would have been a backup the whole four all four years. I know that was the best situation for me to reach my potential, so like that would have been fine. Mm. You know, like I don't I didn't want to go win a Division two national title and then be like king shit on turd hill. You know, I wanted to be I wanted to be I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best I possibly could be, and I needed to surround myself with the best guys possible. So that's what I did. Uh it took me until about my fr- it was right after my freshman year that was when I thought I I finally started thinking about going to college, which was way earlier than I thought cuz like my going into my freshman year, I wasn't that good. The whole fr- my whole freshman year I wasn't that good. I actually made a bet with my mom before the season started, I was like, Hey mom, if I ever make it to the state tournament in high school, uh, you gotta give me a tattoo. And so like, uh, cause I, I, at going into my freshman year, I never thought I was even going to make it to the state tournament. Like mm-hmm. that was where the bar was at. The mm-hmm. bar was so low, man. Mm-hmm. And then my freshman year, uh, districts comes around and I'm, I qualified for the state tournament. I beat like a senior to go to the state tournament. So oh, like, wow. as a freshman, that was a big deal for me at the time. And then, uh, so after that happened, I was like, man, like, I can shatter, like, all the expectations that I thought I had for myself. So after that, that's when I I started dreaming, man. I started just, like, thinking. I was like, hey, I can freaking go and do whatever it is I want to do. That's
0: awesome. So freshman year, you made it to the state. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you said you sucked freshman year.
1: Oh, I was probably, I was, like, 30 and, like, I mean, I wasn't bad, Mm -hmm. but, like, I remember at the beginning of the year, like, seniors and juniors on my team who weren't very good were, like, beating me up. Mm. I actually lost my first wrestle-off for the first, uh, like, the first wrestle-off of the year. I lost to a senior who's who's my friend now, but uh, he was my friend then. But then I ended up coming back and beating him for the next wrestle-off, and then I was a starter the rest of the year. But uh, I remember, like, guys, like talking shit to me on the wrestling team and like like basically pretty much telling me i'm suck i suck and stuff and then come time to the end of the year districts uh districts is the tournament we use to qualify for state everyone else is out of the tournament and i'm still in it and then i was just kind of like i think that's when i started kind of developing my attitude too nice like, being a little uh like fuck everyone i don't want to say cocky but pretty confident where it's just like hey you guys said i couldn't do this like fuck you yeah like that's what I thought. Nice. So keep, yeah, keep running your mouth. So I'm gonna keep proving you wrong. So that was kind of like, um, I think that was kind of the beginning of, uh, of that. It was fun. Of oh, the Rush cough yeah, Legacy. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. I like
0: that the aura. The aura. The aura. I mean, I, I, you have to have it, man. I mean, if you yeah. look at all these, all these other fighters, I mean, they they have that. You know, yeah. They have that. That mentality. You know, mm-hmm. like, not I'm the best, but you know,
1: you gotta. So. It, I sh- and I, sh- I struggled with this when I was in college, because everyone, uh, not necessarily, yeah, I, I mean, I guess people I competed against said I was cocky and stuff, but that, that's fine. They can say I'm cocky all, all they want. Like, that's cool. Like, I want you to think I'm an asshole. But, uh, like, people who like, I thought I was kind of close to were like, Max is too cocky, Max is blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's a difference, man, between being confident and cocky truly. Like, everyone says that, but like, what's that even mean? At the end of the day, I know where I come from and that humbles me. Like it's all, it's always funny that it was, it was always the people who like had lawyers for parents and a perfect home and mm-hmm. they were bound to be a division one athlete their entire life. And they're telling me that I'm like privileged and cocky and stuff. It's like, bro, you don't have no idea the things I went through to get here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be very happy of where I, where I've, uh, comment at the end of the day too it's like cocky people don't work hard hmm. it's like if uh that's what if, if anyone's ever uh pointed like if someone looks at someone oh that guy's cocky he's an asshole or whatever it's like man that guy's working hard like how can you he people don't work hard like that if they just think they're the if they if they if, they, if they're the best they're not gonna they're gonna stop working hard mm-hmm. you know it's like they, deep down something inside them's telling them they suck mm-hmm. so that's why they keep training And so, like, at the end of the day, man, it's, like, deep down, I'm always going to have that, like, I suck. I'm always going to remember, like, my dad telling me I'm a piece of shit. I'm always going to remember the kids uh, playing the other sports, sucking. I'm always going to remember my freshman year, people telling me I suck. I remember freshman year of college, getting my ass beat. Like, I'm always going to remember that. And so that's what, like, keeps you humble. But at the end of the day, you got to enjoy everything, too. Mm Mm-hmm if you're not enjoying it, why are you doing it? So when I'm saying stuff that's like funny or I'm talking shit to someone, that's like just me being fun and enjoying the life that I've created for myself. That has nothing to do with not being humble or having an ego or being cocky or anything like that. That's just having fun, man. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, um, I was reading your story and,
0: and you really wanted to go and you weren't really wanting to get out right of college. So yeah. you, you had to like physically, like email what what was it like North Carolina State right yeah, yeah yeah and to get so explain that to the people yeah
1: so um so actually my so my junior year little backstory uh my junior year uh I fractured my vertebrae in my back I have pars defect I think I told you that in the gym no time. yeah so I have what's Sorry. called pars defect it's uh basically a stra a stress fracture on like the wings of your vertebrae oh fuck. Uh, it's on L four. It still sometimes it still bothers me. But uh, um, <laughs> what? So I was in a so after so I rest. I actually wrestled my so my junior year. It happened in like December. My back started hurting. Like I couldn't sleep. Junior year of high school. Junior year high school. Yes. junior year of high school. Um, I was having a hard time making it through practices and stuff. Uh, I would cry during practice, and my coach would call me a pussy, and I was just like, "All right, whatever. Like this hurts, man. Sorry." Yeah. And I go to I go to the state tournament. I pinned everyone through sectionals and districts pinned all the way up through this. I lost in the semifinals to the number one kid in the country and then came back and got third. Oh, Nice. And then after that, I got, I got like sick. I got like the flu or something, uh, after the state term, like a week later. And because like my body was aching, my back hurt even worse. Mm. So I actually had to go, I went to the hospital and we went to the hospital and uh they pretty much they x-rayed they they were doing all these tests they x-rayed me and i had a stress fracture in my back so the first thing i did i called my coach and i was like hey you said i was a pussy i just wrestled 2 months with a fracture fractured vertebrae in my back like f off yeah <laughs> uh pretty much and then uh i was in a back brace for like 8 or 9 months what a uh, back brace yeah yeah it's insane and, and then it was, just wrapped around, just. it was wrapped around, yeah, and it was so uncomfortable, man. Eight and then months. Eight months didn't train, didn't do anything. Uh, and then I got cleared about a week and a half later. Me and my best friend uh, Jacob Casper, he's uh, he wrestled at Duke, and he's the coach, at, he's the assistant coach at Duke now too. He uh, he was like, hey, you want to go to this tournament uh, in Michigan? It was like a preseason uh, national tournament or preseason, like one of the big tournaments before season starts. Uh we go together and we're uh I didn't train or anything. I just went and uh went up there. Uh I think he placed fourth and I won the whole tournament. I won like five matches, like three to two, two to one, like really close matches because I was so out of shape. I was just like winning close matches, like really, really close. So this is how long after the brace? A week and a half. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, like a week and a half. You're
0: crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't I think I just ran the make weight. I cut weight. And then uh, I went out and wrestled, and I just like I don't know. It, it's this is the this is when you learn how to cowboy up. Mm-hmm. Like just because I didn't train doesn't just because I didn't do all the right things, just because I've been hurt all summer, that doesn't mean I I can't win. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. So I went out there, cowboyed up, and won the whole tournament, beat some really good guys, and then on the way home from that tournament, we're driving. It was like four or five hour drive. Uh, Jacob is like one of the smartest people I've ever met he's like talking about like emailing these coaches and like getting recruited to go division one, me, him and his dad. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, I want to get in on that. Like, can you guys show me how you guys do that? And then they very much just showed me an email that they wrote to a coach that they sent out to every college program that they wanted to wrestle for. Mm-hmm. And then I pretty much copied it, did the exact same thing. I was like, my name is Max Roshkoff. Uh, I'm ranked number one in the state this year. Uh, I'm going to win a state title this year. Uh, my only loss last year was to, uh, the number one kid in the country. Um, these are my grades. Uh, you're not going to find anyone that's going to work harder than me. I'm a good kid. I don't, I don't, uh, party. I don't do anything like that. Uh, I just want to go somewhere where I can be the best I possibly can be. And, uh, because of my grades. So a lot of all, every college hit me back. Every single one, uh, huge division one schools hit me back. But as soon as they found out about my grades, they were like, no. They didn't, no one wanted me damn yeah so uh that was fine but then when uh, i I got some visits to some schools and then uh once the schools uh would actually talk to me in person then they, they I think they all of them kind of realized like what kind of person I was and then uh I think mean, that kind of trumped everything so once I went to NC state and I visited I met the coaches I got to talking to them uh we were kind of like talking. I remember I was in the office and we were talking about like my grades and stuff and like something upset me like, cause they said something about like how they didn't, they weren't sure if I was going to be able to make it into the school or not because of my grades. And I like started like crying a little bit mm. and I think that like raw emotion kind of even helped me because they were like, wow, man, like we, this kid wants it like bad. Mm. He wants it bad. So I, they did everything in their power, got me in the school. And then, and then that was pretty much it. And I spent the next four years at North Carolina State. Nice. And then you kept up your GPA and everything, and no, like no problem there. No, that was that's a little bit part of the reason I why I left hmm. a year early. Um, but it was it, no, it was it was hard. It was college. It's the first three years was easy. My last year, when because I, I kind of pushed uh, all my hard classes back. I kept pushing them back, kept pushing them back. So then the last year it was going to be like calculus and accounting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like the way my mind works, man, like you can't convince, you can't convince me that that stuff like matters in the real world. Like everything that I want to do has nothing to do with being able to, has nothing to do with bullshit accounting algorithms and calculus shit like has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. you can i think i think humans have developed past all that stuff like we have tools now that can do that mm-hmm. so we need to spend our energy on other things but that's like an unpopular opinion but whatever man you can't <laughs> you can't convince me that like the, the degree and stuff is like as important as people say it is now mm-hmm. i've learned more being around jiu-jitsu gyms uh mma gyms and like gym managers and like you guys just opened it up your spot, and you guys are about to uh, expand even more mm-hmm. uh, being around Drysdale's, Sean Spangler's gym in North Carolina, uh, another gym in Wilmington, North Carolina. I've learned more about the business side of things, of how to run a gym and being an athlete than I ever would have learned in college. And like, I was never going to take my degree and hand it to someone and say, hey, give me a job for this. <laughs> it's like, that's not who I am. I'd rather be broke and hustling Mm -hmm. than making 50 K a year doing something. I hate what was your degree in sport management, Mm -hmm. which is like, like how to like to be a athletic director or pretty much. I was just, I was always, I want to run a gym Mm -hmm. someday, probably like in my hometown or something. But so it's like, or something like that, but like they didn't teach you anything that you actually needed to know. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people go and pay thousands of dollars thousands. for college mm-hmm. is like but then, then the fact that everyone's family and every like everyone's mom and dad tells them you have to do this or else you're going to be a loser it's like that is so wrong mm-hmm. that is so wrong it makes me disgusted that people freaking do that mm-hmm. and and then and then it's like because like when I was leaving school or uh, well when I had mentioned leaving school I was like hey like I want to either uh, I think I might want to just leave like I want to go do what I want to do now mm-hmm. it's time and people were like, no, you got to have a backup plan. No, you got to stay and get your degree. No, you got to, like, you have to, man. You're so close. Like, you have to. And I was like, every time someone said that I had to, it made me not want to do it that much more. <laughs> You're like, no, doubt, no. Because I was like, I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to prove you guys wrong. Again, like I've done my entire life. Like, you can't, you can't convince me. And I get, actually, take back, I don't get that. I don't get the playing it safe thing, man. I believe in just being happy. That has nothing to do with playing it safe, playing risky, like, whatever. If you're doing something and you're happy, that's all that matters. If if working at McDonald's 40 hours a week and living in, like, a really bad apartment and with your boyfriend or girlfriend, your whole life makes you happy, man, you do that. Please, you do that because, like, that's the most important thing. I know a lot of people who are, like, very well off. Uh, have everything that they thought they wanted. And then they're, they're unhappy. Yep. I say, what's it all for? What's it all for, man? Like Mm -hmm. do whatever makes you happy. Mm -hmm. I believe in
0: that too, man. I I don't, I don't believe in, I mean, I believe in college to a point, you know, like I believe in college. If you want to be a legitimate lawyer, Mm -hmm. politician, doctor. Okay. Yes. Then invest your time into college and get the, get the, the knowledge you need. But honestly, like my last class was a business one-on-one class and that was the last class I ever took in high school because I built a business. It was a, it was a, it was like a crash course, four week crash course. I had to build a business. I had to come up with all this shit. Right. I built myself like a a nightclub back in Mm -hmm. the day. I'm like, dude, this is dope. This is what I want to do. And from that from that day, I literally started my, my own businesses. I was mm-hmm. like, I did shirt companies and la 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 la. I mean, but you get experience through doing and failing yep. and learning and yep. creating and and yeah, one hundred percent agree. And uh, the older I get, I the more I realize that less is more. You know, like back in the day it's like oh i want this this lavish lifestyle i want the lambo i want this and that but the older now that i'm getting i'm like man i just i don't want all that stuff i want like actually i want to declutter my life now Mm. like i want to live with less i Mm. want to be able to live with less Mm -hmm. and to be able to worry about less because the more the more money you make the more problems it's like literally so true you know but i like that um crazy man that is nuts all right so after, you did three years in North Carolina, and then... I was,
1: I was there for four. Four years. I was there for four years. Four yeah. years, okay.
0: Yep. Um, but you still had you still had one more year, though, right? I
1: had... Um, so, here's what... So, I tore my labor my freshman year of college. Wow. Like, one of my first... Uh, it was, like, one of the first practices. I was going with his... I actually, I actually was wrestling with Michael Machiavello. He just... Uh, he won a national title. Mm-hmm. He was my grade. So, he uh, his fifth year, he won a national title completely... Uh, Super proud of that guy. He uh, probably the most unlikely person to win a national title in the last like couple years, and he freaking won it, man. So I'm super proud of him. But I was wrestling with him. He's a 197 pounder. Mm-hmm. Shot on him, and I just I remember it specifically. Shot on him, and he sprawled on my shoulder, and it freaking blew out. And I didn't know like I have like a weird pain tolerance. Like I was like, oh, that shit it hurt. Like it was popped out and stuff. But like I was like, fine. I just like it hurt for a couple days, and I just started wrestling again slowly and progressively just start I would get like subluxes like minor dislocations and stuff consistently like every every week or so fuck my shoulder would pop out for 3 4 years and uh it actually kind of it's it's the reason why I kind of developed like the style that I had in college like I've always been like a scrambly countery guy but I was always more aggressive when I was in high school and when I first was in college because like I could shoot on people get extended and be out of position a little bit, but still finish shots. So I was more aggressive, but my shoulder, if I was, if I reached my shoulder out and someone smacked my hand down, my shoulder would pop out. Like, Oh my God, it was that bad. Yeah, it was really bad. So like, I just, I, I started developing the style where I was just hand fighting hard with my, uh, with my elbows in my shoulders in good position. And I was strictly just like a counter wrestler. Like I make guys shoot on me. Uh, counter get on top turn them win by riding time point get off on bottom stuff like that so i was winning i all my matches i normally won were pretty close because i i got a reputation quickly um of being a very good counter guy so like guys wouldn't shoot on me so they pretty much like kind of stall the whole match and then try to like take me down at the end but that's partly my fault i need to be i needed to be able to develop more offense anyway i think um, just being young and bullheaded I was just like oh I'm tough enough this isn't that big of a deal I can just keep pushing through this and I had everyone around me telling me the exact same thing mm-hmm. and it's like they're just kind of feeding my feeding my ego pretty much like that was like that's like the bad part of like maybe thinking you're like the shit sometimes it was like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like you can just push through stuff cowboy up and push through it but I think at the end of the day I, I uh, that was a mistake I should have got it fixed right away and then i wrestled 3 i wrestled uh my freshman sophomore junior yeah so i wrestled and my whole junior year with it i was uh i was the 5th seed going in the nationals i would only lost one match the whole year at my weight class and uh some people had picked me uh in like the i'd saw like on forums and like on twitter and like stuff like that people had picked me to like be top two, push the guy who's the returning national champion, stuff like that. And so I was like, I was confident going into the national tournament, but, uh, at, at the national tournament, I didn't have the offense that I needed to push through and do. And, and everyone kind of had like the videotape on me. It's like, if you, if you don't shoot on him, if you don't attack him, you're going to win pretty much. And so at the national tournament, I went one and two and didn't place. Hmm. And so after that, I was like, I was so upset. I was crying afterwards. I like really thought that was going to be like my chance to, cause I, I was good, but I hadn't placed at the national tournament. I wasn't an all American in folk style yet. So I was like, I really wanted to do that, but, uh, I, I, I didn't, uh, I got beat by someone who I had beat three times that year. And so that was pretty upsetting. Uh, so then right after the national tournament, I went to my coach like, Hey, I need to get surgery on this. I need to get this fixed. Cause I, I can't wrestle like this anymore. It's, it's boring to me. Cause I can't be as aggressive as I like to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm putting myself <laughs> in a bad situation and I'm fighting MMA afterwards. You guys have known this for years. Like that's always been the plan for me once, since I got to college. So like I need to be healthy for that as well. So that was kind of a fight between me and the coaches and everything. So, uh, I ended up, it, it took them like a month and a half to get my surgery, which I was pretty pissed about. Cause I like got a big division one school that can take two days, yeah. like that should just happen. That should just happen. But they were trying to like, they didn't want me to do it. So I ended up, talk, I was like, I'm not coming to practice. I'm not doing anything until like this happens. Uh, got it done. And then, uh, five, five, six months later I get, I just kind of like started training again. I just started drilling, but it still wasn't my shoulder wasn't quite right. Like I could drill, but I couldn't go through a real hard practice without it hurting. So, uh, but then that year I had uh, uh, the All Star Classic, which is like they select like the t- uh, top two or top three like best guys in the country and they put them like the number one or the number two ranked guy in the country. They put them against each other at the beginning of the year. It's like an exhibition match. Sure. So it's the All Star Classic. I got invited, and it was in my hometown. It was in Cleveland, not my home. It was in Ohio. So I was like, I got invited to go, and I hadn't even like started drilling yet. Like I was barely drilling, hadn't gone live really at all. And with like two weeks, they uh, they gave me, uh, they invited me, and I was like, hey, like I got to go. Like this is gonna be my probably the last time I'm gonna get the wrestle in Ohio. So I got to go, and I'm wrestling a guy from Michigan, and everyone in Ohio hates Michigan. So it's like. Kind of like cool, so I went wrestled, was losing the whole match. I ended up scrambling and pinning the kid. Oh shit! But it was the guy was ranked second in the country at the time, and I pinned him. And uh, so then once that happened, my coach was like, "Oh yeah, okay, you just went out and pinned like the best, like one of the best guys in the country, former All American, all that stuff. You should be able to train and practice and do everything now." And all my teammates thought that too. So it's like, so I start training and stuff. And my shoulder starts hurting mm. like bad. And so now I'm like, I'm getting a little pissed off because I'm like, all right, I don't want to be doing this because I number one for me right now at that point was not the wrestling. It was fighting. It was, I'm going to be a professional athlete. I'm not going to like, I'm not who cares about this amateur sport that no one watches that almost got kicked out of the Olympics. Like no one cares about wrestling. Like that's, I love it. But then the I, I know no one really cares about it. So I was like, I, I need to freaking stay healthy and be able to like I'll keep staying and wrestle and I'll stay and finish school but like I need things to be my way and uh with the coaches and the athletic department uh I wasn't going to get my way I had to pretty much listen to them and do everything that they wanted me to do and I was like so pretty much I was like hey I'm 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 out I'm not happy I don't want to I don't want to do what anyone tells me to do I'm going to do what I want to do so then I left damn yeah that's that yep and did you
0: did you get to uh, get to work right away with mma or
1: yeah so i started training uh i was training jujitsu on and off in the summers my whole college career but then uh i started training jujitsu pretty much full time i wasn't doing really any striking yet i didn't have anyone that i really trusted as far as a good coach i did a little bit of boxing every summer as well with uh uh one of the coaches in raleigh at nc state uh that was that helped me a lot but i started training jiu because i i just like especially with my wrestling style i just translated well to jujitsu like i have no problem being on my back i scramble well i attack like the whole body um so i i started i liked jujitsu but i hated it in the gi hmm. and so my coach kind of like finally talked me into training in the gi once i was done wrestling in college and so i spent like six seven months nothing but gi three times a day uh, i moved to wilmington north carolina which is a couple hours from nc state and started training there and then after a few months there we just re- like i didn't have like the partners and things i needed there so uh um like jujitsu one of my jujitsu coaches sean spangler uh one of my best friends throughout college he lived out here in vegas for 20 years he trained under uh drysdale mm. and at cobra kai under mark Lehman and stuff so he trained with all those guys and uh so he had a lot he knew a lot of people out here and i was actually talking about maybe going to san jose at AKA with like DC and stuff. But once I uh, I came out here and visited and once I uh, visited here, I was like, I have to, I have to go to Vegas, man. Like it has to, it's, it's a good place for me. Like I'm not someone who's going to get uh, brought into the whole party scene and all that stuff. And then there's so many training partners, so many different gyms I can train out here. I got to go to Vegas. So packed my stuff up, literally made the decision, like, I don't even know what day it was. Made the decision the next day. My stuff was packed, and I I left. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you drove here, flew here, drove. Yeah, I drove. Wow, took like two and a half days. (laughs) What'd you do? Did you visit like the Grand Canyon? No, I didn't visit any. I just I went. I just just, drove. Yeah, I didn't have enough money. I didn't have like I was uh. So actually, when I when I decided to uh, drive out here. Um, a couple people like Sean was like, Hey man, like Spangler, he was like, Hey, like you gotta do whatever it is you gotta do to get out there like now. There's no sense in waiting. Don't work and save up money, like you gotta go now. Cause, cause I wasn't like I still wasn't getting what I needed and I wasn't happy because of that. Mm-hmm. So I probably had like four hundred bucks at the time. That's packed, it. packed my stuff up. Didn't even know if I was gonna have gas money to make it all the way out there. Fuck. Like I I honestly yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, cause I, I was I was planning on sleeping in my car, mm-hmm. and then like stopping and sleeping in my car, and then driving, and hoping I have enough money to make it, and then uh, and then on my way, one of my uh friends, he's he's older, but he uh, I'm not gonna mention his name cause I don't think he he doesn't want anyone knowing this, but uh, pretty much my he he trained jujitsu at one of the gyms I trained at and he uh, figured out I was going out there and I told him I was struggling financially and he owns like, uh, he's like a, a millionaire. So he has a lot of money mm-hmm. and he, uh, flipped me like three grand. Nice. So, uh, so I can make it out there. And so I could start, start out here. Nice. So I, like, without like, without him, man, it probably would have been a real struggle at first. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That, man, blessed. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. uh, just no. per- perfect situations, man. That's yeah. great. That's man. I think, and, and that's, uh, I've had a lot of breaks like that. I've had a lot of people like help me when they have like no reason. I mean, yeah, I say no reason, but it's like, I think if you treat people right Mm -hmm. consistently over a long period of time, man, like I would go, I go out of my way to help people when I have nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I've given people 20 bucks when I have 40. Mm -hmm. That means a whole lot more than someone who flips five bucks when they're multi-billionaires. Like that's not like Mm -hmm. it's, I gave you 50% of what I just had, Mm -hmm. you know, like, i've done that before so it's like when you treat people like that people are more likely to uh help you like that yeah man it it, it almost
0: it almost feels like karma you know Mm -hmm. like this like this circle of like of goodness type Mm -hmm. of thing you know Mm -hmm. like if you it's like and and right now you probably give back too you know Mm -hmm. you pay it forward that's so awesome man And and i think that proves right there like if you really want to do something like Things will start playing out to the point of like of of showing you a way. It'll just you know? happen. It'll just yep. happen. It'll just happen. And then people just oh I don't I don't have this I don't have this. well be, you're thinking like that already yeah, like yeah. just do it and yeah. things will just start coming into place yes. you know it's like it's like don't 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 worry about like how just just go
1: and just do mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. great man that's yeah. a good story right there yeah, yeah no it was uh it was fun it was fun and then uh I. Moved out here. Uh, I was living, do you know Robert Follis? Mm -mm. So he was the head coach at Extreme Couture. Okay. Uh, After he was the one that actually convinced me that uh, I needed to be here because I still wasn't sure if I wanted to go to San Jose or not or anywhere else really. Um, And then uh, met Robert. He was coaching a lot of guys. He's uh, coached like multiple UFC champions and stuff. Uh, Super charismatic. But I moved out here. I was staying with him. I was only supposed to stay for like a month or so. And then eventually he asked me if I could just stay full time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll stay for as long as, as long as I can. Uh, and then I ended up, uh, another friend who moved out here after I did, uh, offered me, uh, a, a place to live with them where it'd be much cheaper. So after they moved out here, I moved in with them. Fantastic. But Robert actually ended up, uh, he committed suicide like a month after I had moved out with them. What? Yeah. He's like world renowned MMA coach. Uh, had some demons, man. So that, that was like the first thing out here that like happened where I was like, wow, man, like Oof. like hard thing out here. That's insane. Yeah. So if it wasn't for him, I probably, I probably would have went to San Jose, I think. Wow. So I'm super thankful for him. And then he actually kind of, kind of put me on the right track as far as like what I need to do to be a, a good MMA fighter and like start planting like the seeds of like how he thinks and stuff. Cause he's like an amazing coach. He'll find like what his what the athlete needs, and he'll do it. And it doesn't it has nothing to do with like his personal ego or whatever. And so like, I find myself like thinking stuff, or I'm like helping someone else, or I'm like getting ready to train for myself, and I like find myself like thinking about him and what he would want me to do. Nice, and that, I think that helps me a lot. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: I think I think I mean everything. I think. I mean it's tough to say this but i feel everything is happens for a reason you Mm -hmm. know type of thing so maybe like he wanted he needed to tell you what's up so you can carry it on Mm. that's crazy that's not it's tripping when you you Mm -hmm. think about it yeah um so um what, what what um what's your record now and what's your what's your plan on on your mma career and and whatnot and where where do you go yeah where do you want to go from there yeah
1: so as soon as i got out here and i started training with the pro team over at extremes we have a bunch of guys at the highest levels um guys who are fighting for ufc titles ufc champs uh guys who are ranked in the world all that kind of stuff i started training with them right away in the practice room i've had success i had success right away um so we were looking for like amateur fights because we wanted to get some experience first and i couldn't find pretty much anyone like we we're looking for months can't find anyone to fight me amateur because i've competed at both the highest level of wrestling and jujitsu so it's like it's hard to find guys who want to fight the grapplers everyone will go out and fight a boxer because like you got a puncher's chance and stuff but like grappling man like if someone's better than you it sucks mm. like you you know you train it's like it's like you're there's nothing you can do there's nothing <laughs> and so like especially with my wrestling uh style as well like once i'm on top you're not getting me off and that's like the worst place to be in an mma fight so i'm have i had a hard time getting amateur fights so i had one lasted three minutes it was over uh doctor stoppage the guy's face was too swollen to continue (laughs) so yeah and then uh then right after that i started looking for more amateur fights couldn't find them so we're all right we're just gonna turn pro Fought a guy who was six and and0 as an amateur, making his pro debut. So he's undefeated. Uh, from the MMA Lab, which is another big good MMA gym out in uh, Phoenix, has a lot of really good guys. Uh, it was funny the the Arizona Commission didn't want to uh, sanction me to fight because I only had one amateur fight. So mm-hmm. like, they don't want to like approve me to fight as a professional because I don't. They said I didn't have enough experience. So pretty much, I just had my coaches write the commission a letter, basically saying I do this in the gym, I beat this guy in the gym, like I wow. that I'm ready. That pretty much that I'm ready, mm-hmm. and then uh, they sanctioned me to fight. I and I'm pretty. It's funny because I think that because it was the hometown guy. They like thought that this guy was gonna come in and just like they, it was gonna put on a show for his home crowd, mm. and I just beat the living shit out of this guy. I just took him down, took his back, elbowing him from the back. Uh, ended up choking him out, but like he was. Supposed to be really, really good, and I just smashed him. Nice, like, and uh, actually, I haven't had a professional fight since that was almost a year ago. Uh, I'm signed. Uh, I my management is Sucker Punch. They manage a bunch of guys in the UFC as well. Um, they told me that they, uh, so they like, uh, they've worked with like, Max Holloway. Uh, they just did like the uh, amateur fight series with Donald Cerrone like they they have a lot of UFC guys and they told they said uh, that I'm the most ducked fighter they've ever had this early on in their career i think that's for a couple of reasons i think like uh, the wrestling and jiu-jitsu style is not good like people don't want to fight that and then uh, also i think it only takes one phone call so like the the fight community is small mm. so it's like if someone my name comes across as like someone you might want to fight. All you do is you is say, oh, okay, you, he trains in Vegas. Uh, they just call someone up. They know who trains here in Vegas and ask, like, Hey, what do you know about this guy? And then it's probably, it's not going to be good. Cause I, I, train with a lot of people here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so the word gets out pretty fast, like how I do at least in training. So, uh, it's been hard finding people who want to fight. I've had guys who are six, seven and no, turn me down to fight. And it's like, it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to find fights. Interesting. That's
0: really interesting. Yeah. And let's talk about your jiu-jitsu career. Um, what, um, what have you done, and and what, um, what you doing? You you went to ADCC trials. Mm-hmm. How was that?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that was so fun, man. That's the first time I've ever competed under those rules against anyone like that. Uh, cause I've always, I've done a couple like submission only small things in North Carolina. Uh, I did IBJJF. Uh, Pan Ams two years ago, I did American nationals in the gi, not a gi guy. I try, it's hard, uh, much harder than no gi, I think for me anyway. Uh, but that's why I do it. Cause it, it's harder. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I train. It. it has nothing to do with fighting, has nothing to do with anything else. I do it cause it's hard and and like, I need something that's going to push me. Mm-hmm. No, is kind of easy. I've, I've rolled and I've trained, I've competed with the best guys in the world. I can still say it's easy. It's the, the, at the highest level, it's just the inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I at ADCC trials, I competed again. I had uh f- five matches, four, beat a couple really good black belts, one of uh, Danaher's guys. I beat uh, and then I uh, faced uh, his name is John Combs. He uh, I think he's ranked number six in the world right now. Uh, won the whole tournament. We faced in the quarterfinals, and it's a single elimination. So uh, I ended up losing. I uh, I was dominating him for the first first half of the match and I just kind of made some mental mistakes and ended up losing. Hmm. But I've never competed at that at that level in a strictly no-gi tournament mm-hmm. before. I've only just trained with him so like you never really know unless you go out and compete. Yeah. And so after that match, man, I was like immediately as soon as I lost, I was like make some tactical adjustments and I will smash him because I smashed I was smashing him the first 3 minutes. And it, it was just a tactical error, I think. So that, that gave me a lot of confidence in that loss, actually, to know what I have, like, what I have to do to uh, beat some of those guys. That's
0: so crazy, though, like, that
1: um, you're, you're beating mm-hmm. high-level guys like that, like the black belts and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Uh, I've trained Nogi for a long time, but, and then the wrestling helps, too. And then another thing is like the level of coaching I've had is insane like i've had the right like the coaches that i've worked with Mm -hmm. have uh told me to do the right things like position before submission Like sean didn't show me a submission until like the fourth year i was working with him wow literally just positioning how to pass the guard how to control the back um stuff i was already like kind of naturally good at anyway but we just sharpened it Wow. And got really freaking good. So like now it's like if I get, it doesn't matter what the level the person is. If we're the same size, they could be the best guy in the world. If I get them in side control, they're not moving. Mm-hmm. Like they're not moving. If I take their back and I don't want them to move, they're not moving. I can control the positions. That's what I'm really good at. But uh, now I'm just I gotta start working a little bit more uh, submissions and attacking and finishing. But that's it, a better problem to have than being able to finish every once in a while but you're getting positionally dominated all the time. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It yeah. sucks to get positionally dominated cuz you can't do shit. That's what uh that's what I really like about uh uh fighting MMA and then with like my, my sparring and stuff because I can I I take people down, I hold them in whatever position I want to hold them in and that's it. And mentally I know what that feels like cuz my wrestling coach in college used to do that to me. Mm-hmm. He would hold me and he'd get on top of me and I couldn't move for like 45 minutes live. And it's like that sucks, and so I kind of take pride in being able to like be really good at that. Nice, because that's like the one thing, man. Like, what if someone can take you down and hold you down and do whatever they want to you on the street? Mm-hmm. Like, that's very uh, disheartening. So I, I it I, is. I guess it's kind of it's it's cool. <laughs> it's cool to be able to have that skill and ability to be able to do that to high level athletes. Nice.
0: So, um. What's next for you man? So are you looking for a pro fight or you're going to start looking for more IBJJF fights to just just to get in there or
1: Yeah man, I'm I'm tired cuz I was waiting. I wasn't uh I wasn't doing I didn't do any jiu-jitsu tournaments last summer or in the fall or whatever cuz I was waiting for a fight. It could be any it could be any weekend I could have a fight. Uh I almost had a fight on Wednesday. I got called last Friday. I was like, "Hey, can you make weight and on Tuesday?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." let's go Mm -hmm. but then the opponent turned it down oh my god and that's happened that's happened countless number of times fuck man since uh so it is what it is it's gonna happen um my coaches and uh my management think that because a lot of people they need to have like 10 15 20 fights to get to that high level Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as um as long as everything stays um in check as far as like what I do in the gym, and uh, I compete the same way, and everything falls into place the way we think it's going to. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna need to be one of those guys that has 20 fights and now he's in the UFC. We think that uh, after two or three, well, not two, probably more like three or four, I'm gonna be able to get on the contender series. I'm gonna be able to get nice. noticed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just getting the fights. Like, and then the thing, the shitty part about being like one and oh, is I can't go and fight a a UFC veteran who's out of the UFC anymore, who's 30 fights deep. Hmm. They're not gonna, the commission won't like sanction it. Even though I'm more skilled, more athletic, better, everything, I have more competition time when it comes to uh, the thousands of wrestling matches and the jiu-jitsu matches. I've competed more. I just haven't fought more, Hmm. which is, I I look at MMA, like uh, fighting, as more of a sport. And less of a fight. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think I do I do well as well. Like a lot of people just come in and like, did you watch the UFC fights last night? Some of those guys, bit. some of those guys don't, all they do, they get really tense and they like, it's like a street fight and you just got to knock the person Balls out the as wall. fast as you yes. can. Just. That is, bro, I was there. I had I coached, I was there. I left after one of the fight. I left after the prelims before the main card started. I left because I can't stand watching that shit. Honestly, can't stand it. Damn. It bothers me because I train with these guys. Yeah. And I can beat them. And it freaking bothers me so bad. Like, so I, I left. I had a, someone, one of my friends was competing who I helped coach. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went and supported her. But then, uh, and then I watched a couple of fights. and I was like, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going to. Like, yeah, I, I can't stand yeah, this shit. Yeah. I can't stand it, man. Like some people are good, obviously. Like there's some people who are very tactical and smart mm-hmm. and you can still be tactic uh tacti- Tactical. Uh, tactical. Yes. <laughs> tactical and uh, be aggressive. Mm-hmm. You can still do that. But like when you're th- not, when you're throwing one speed, one power punches, you're just an idiot, man. Mm-hmm. And I always say this, you don't start fighting cause you're smart. So like I kind of, yeah, like I kind of trashing myself, yeah. but like that's, that's just generally the case. Mm-hmm. Like you don't start fighting people for money because you're a smart person. Mm-hmm. That's very few people do that. So I kinda I like to see uh that's one of the things like my coaches think uh they're like that's the one thing that I they think I do well is I have a very good fight IQ. IQ. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Man, well it's been an hour. Does
1: it feel like an hour? All oh, damn man. Yeah. As it has it has it does it feel like an hour. That, that's what everyone
0: says. Um, so let's, let's leave it with this. What, if you want to give, um, this is your time to give advice to somebody out there who, who is trying to pursue a career like this, or who's trying to pursue a professional career. Like what advice would you give them?
1: Any kind of professional career? Like let's say yeah, a fighting no, no. career. Yeah. No, any, it, this, any yeah. kind of professional career. It doesn't matter if it's fighting. It doesn't matter if it's poker. It doesn't matter if you're going to run a business. It doesn't matter if you want to be a, a receptionist at a doctor's uh, office. It doesn't matter. It's always going to be the people that are closest to you. The people that say they care about you, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your coaches, the people that say they love you. It's always going to be those people that you listen to when they tell you, you can't do it. It's always going to be those people that tell you to play it safe. It's always going to be those people that tell you, Oh no, honey! Don't you need to don't risk anything? Be smart, blah blah blah. It's like, at the end of the day, if you do that, let's say you're 18 years old and you do that and you listen to them, when you're 40, you're gonna regret it more than anything. Yours, I didn't do everything I wanted to do when I had the chance, and maybe when you're 40, you still have the chance if you're lucky. But some things, there's some things you gotta do it when you're young, from 20, well, 18 until you're. 30 unless you have well even then like unless you have like a kid uh you're married or whatever you have something like actually tying you down it's different but it's like when you're 18 you need to go and live while you're broke like do everything you got to do to make you happy and that you want to do while you're broke while you have the chance Mm -hmm. like go chase it whatever it is you want to do and don't worry about what anyone else is going to say my, I can see, my whole family went, uh, like my aunts and my uncles and everyone hated that I left college and was like starting the fight or they, they didn't like that I went to college and, and wrestled anyway. They thought they just wanted me to go to college, not wrestle or anything. Um, all my friends that think uh, that at first when I left our town, they were like kind of hating on it. But now like when you go and you, even if it's your mom or your dad telling you that you can't do something, they might be mad at you if, if you go and do it anyway, but two, three years down the road, they're going to respect you and they're going to love you even more because you went and did it. And normally what they're telling you when they're telling you not to do it is that they're too scared of doing it for themselves. It has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with anything else. They're too scared for themselves. And they just, honestly, they just don't want to see you get hurt, but it's like, it's going to hurt you even more if you don't go and do whatever it is you want to do. Um, And then that's, I think that's one of the bigger things. Another thing is uh, just being able to uh, identify what it is that you need to do specifically. Cause it's not, don't go on YouTube and watch Gary Vaynerchuk videos and say, oh, I gotta do it. (laughs) I gotta do it like Gary Vaynerchuk did it. What he did was cool, but it's like, you gotta do like, what's the formula for you? You got to really dig deep down inside and figure out what is it going to take for you to be successful, and for every single person that's different. I like Gary Vaynerchuk. Really. <laughs> he's a baller.
0: He is a baller. He's he's intense, man. Yeah, he's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: but it, him and uh, him and uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's one of the reasons, like uh, I used to hold back uh, me cussing a lot in front of people. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck now. Nice, like it's taboo. It makes people like if like if someone doesn't like it, like they can piss off. Like yeah. it just it makes it uh, it's more real, man. Mm-hmm. It's like authentic, and so it it's just comes out sometimes. Yeah, it's just yeah. like fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks i know uh it's 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 funny I, I know a lot of the questions were straight uh wrestling and straight jiu-jitsu or straight career based but uh, uh they kind of got i kind of get off on tangents but You're good yeah, i like it i appreciate it man yeah thank man you. of course thank you for being on guys
0: uh thank you everyone for listening um i really appreciate your time got uh, check out max um on his next fight uh max
1: what's your like handle like instagram stuff They so they can follow you max out 155. So, I think on Twitter it's max triple x out lol triple x. Nice. And uh I think on Instagram it's 2x's out nice. 155. Uh Yeah, guys, uh, hit me up on uh on socials and uh come in uh come in the Smash Iron Man. I freaking love that place. Uh you guys are going to be world renowned someday. I've actually been saying this to people trying to get uh when I talk about it. I think Nick is going to be someone who's uh 10, 15 years down the road is going to be a world-renowned strength coach. And that's why I I think uh, you guys are all doing all the right things. And uh, you guys are going to be really, really big. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Of course.
0: Thank you. Thank you, guys, again. Thanks for listening. And peace.